New York Giants fans. Welcome back to Everything New York Giants with New York Giants fangirl. That's me, Adriana. Thanks for listening. Today is a very special Monday because the Giants got their second win of the season and it feels really good to be able to record a podcast after the Giants win. It's a lot more fun than after they lose. So there are some great things that came out of yesterday's game and there are definitely some missed opportunities that we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to start with the usual offense, then we'll move to defense and talk about special teams. So the offense, Daniel Jones out with the neck injury. He also, along with him, was John Michael Schmidt, Andrew Thomas, and Matt Pert for the offense. So definitely missing some, did I say Evan Neal? Evan Neal was also missing. So, you know, definitely missing some key guys for the Giants, but they managed to pull through and they got the win. The Giants signed Tyree Phillips back to the team. He was a tackle last year. Thank God they brought him back because between him and Justin Pugh, they really helped out the young guys, you know, like Marcus McKeithen, who really is still learning. And the offensive line held up pretty well yesterday. Now, Tyrod still got sacked four times for 29 yards, but all things considered, it's way better than what it has been prior to this. So I think we're really starting to see this offensive line together come together. And the biggest thing that I think that's making a difference is Justin Pugh. I don't care what anyone says. You can say that it's been, you know, five, six weeks, seven weeks, and they're still like, they're figuring it out and they're learning to play together. But at the end of the day, Justin Pugh is the difference maker. And when he spoke to the media after the game, the biggest thing that I got from what he said to the media is that they, the offensive line, is constantly communicating. He said they're over-communicating to the point where it's almost annoying, where it's nonstop. They're in the cafeteria for lunch. They're getting dinner together. They're off the field. Whatever they're doing, they are communicating. And that's been one of the biggest issues that we've seen with this offensive line is that there have been communication issues. And Justin Pugh, for the million dollars, the little more than a million dollars that they gave him, was worth every single cent. Not only is he a veteran, he's a leader. He knows how to really help these young guys. And yes, the coaches know and they can do whatever, but at the end of the day, he's a voice in the locker room. He's a leader. And it really, really has made a huge difference. So in my opinion, he is the big reason why we have seen better from this offensive line now. They're not perfect by any means. I think when we have guys like Andrew Thomas and John Michael Schmitz back, we are going to see this offensive line thrive. Now, they're not going to be the best offensive line in the league. Let's set some expectations here. But I really think that they are going to have the opportunity to be really a lot better than we have seen thus far. So I'm excited for that day. Don't know when it'll be, but hopefully soon. So Tyrod Taylor, 18 for 29 for 270 yards. He had two touchdowns. Both of those touchdowns came in the second quarter. The first one to Darren Waller and the second one to Saquon Barkley. So, you know, I was right in that end zone. I had beautiful views of both of those and the excitement from Giants fans was unbelievable. We have not seen a first half offensive touchdown this entire season. So not only did we get one, but we got two and they were just beautiful. Exactly what we've been waiting to see from this offense for the last six weeks. So 
that was exciting. You know, I feel like the offense is making some strides moving forward. Tyrod had a pretty good game. Um, you know, he's able to escape the pocket pretty quickly. He gets the ball out quickly. So overall, he's done a really good job. The only thing I'm going to say, I know people are going to go crazy. Oh, there should be a quarterback controversy, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe that. When Jones is healthy, he's going to be the starter. We would have won the game yesterday if Jones was the starter. We likely could have won the Bills game if Jones was the starter. You don't have to agree with me, but I think it's kind of factual. So um, when he's healthy, he's going to play, he's going to start, and, you know, hopefully we're going to continue to win some games. So, you know, there were a lot of stars in the offense, I think there were also a lot of missed opportunities, and I think, you know, we saw some similar frustrations to what we've seen from this offense over the last few weeks, and it just boils down to missed opportunities. Graham Gano, and I know, like, we'll talk about this with special teams, but it comes to getting points on the board. Graham Gano misses a 42-yarder. Now, don't get me wrong, it was very windy at MetLife yesterday, and I'm sure that had something to do with it. I'm also sure that the fact that he was on the injury report earlier this week with a knee injury also had something to do with it. But, you know, it's just missed opportunities. Last year, I think he missed a total of three field goals. This year, he's already missed four. So, you know, when you're relying on... You're reliable guys to make plays and they can't make plays it's definitely frustrating you know we had some issues yesterday with the punt returns gary brightwell bobbled the, not gary brightwell eric gray bobbled the ball and thankfully nick mcleod recovered it um you know then shep turns the ball over and that's not shep's natural position and i'm with saquon on this when saquon spoke to the media after the game he said what we're not going to do is we're not going to blame sterling shepherd for the game coming down to the wire and he's right there were a lot of mistakes. Saquon turned the ball over the first time he's done it in three years. So, you know, w when the reliable guys make mistakes, it, it makes it a lot harder to win games. That game would have been in the bag if Graham Gano made the field goal. The game would have been in the bag if Saquon didn't turn the ball over. All we needed was a field goal. You know, the game would have been over maybe if Shepard didn't bobble it. The end of the day, it comes to this. The team is still not good enough to overcome their mistakes and they cannot have as many mistakes as they have had during each game that we have watched if they want to win games. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Whether it's penalties, turnovers, missed field goals, whatever it is, they can't overcome it. Now, Washington is not an amazing team, so they were able to do it yesterday. But when you're going against better teams, you can't make mistakes like that and expect to win them. So, you know, yesterday it worked out well, but, you know, Gotta clean up the mistakes. Let's talk about the rushing attack. Saquon, 21 carries for 77 yards. Tyrod, eight carries for 25 yards. And Brita, three carries for four yards. Overall, 106 yards rushing. One of their, you know, maybe better rushing attacks that we've seen this year. And it wasn't even that great. Now, what stole the show was the receivers. Darren Waller, so close to a 100-yard game. Seven receptions out of eight targets for 91 yards and one touchdown. I just think the confidence that he's got to have coming out of that game, not him, but not only him, a lot of other players, you know, to get that touchdown that we've all been waiting for. It was a thing of beauty. Jalen Hyatt, two receptions out of five targets for 75 yards. Now, one thing I want to point out about Hyatt, beautiful, beautiful catch towards the end of the game that long went down the field. Um... Dable was asked about him after the game, 
and he said, you know, we hear you guys and we know that everyone wants to see more of Jalen Hyatt. So, you know, we're doing our best to get him involved in the offense where we can, but at the end of the day, he's still a rookie and has some things to learn. So I think, you know, that's his way of saying that we're, we're planning on getting him more involved. We know he's a key piece. We know we need him involved to win games, but he's just not there yet because he's still young. Um, I'm not worried about Hyatt at all. He had a great game yesterday. He's going to get more involved, and I'm excited to see more of him. Saquon at a at four targets, three receptions for 41 yards and that touchdown again, which is beautiful. To watch Saquon be able to turn on the Jets like that was just, it's, it's a reminder of why we all were so excited that they drafted Saquon. You know, it brings you back to the rookie year where you have that amazing season before all the injuries. And, you know, it's a really key piece to this offense. And I think when people you know, want to get on the quarterback controversy train and talk about how Tyrod is so much better than Jones and blah, blah, blah. Tyrod has also had Saquon back, who is easily one of the best, if not the best player on the offense. So you can't deny that that obviously helps Tyrod. That's a fact. So, you know, um, the other thing I want to say too about Tyrod is I think everyone forgets maybe they don't I don't know over the last few years our backup quarterbacks have been Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm which have given us a zero percent chance to win games so now it feels good to have a backup quarterback so if your starting quarterback gets hurt you actually have someone who can run an offense and who can move the ball and is a competent backup that's what a lot of other teams have had over the years and we haven't had that so you know the controversy thing is just wild to me, but you guys keep going with your conspiracy theories. Darius Slayton added two targets, one reception for 22 yards. Wandale added two targets, one receptions for 22 yards. I got to see more of Wandale Robinson. I just, I love the guy. He was a key player last week. He's been a necessary part of this offense, and I need to see him get more targets. And look, it's great that they have the pieces now where they can spread the ball around. Isaiah Hodgins, four targets, two receptions. Matt Breida, one for one. Shepard, one for one. So obviously I like that they're getting all of these guys involved, but Wandale is just a playmaker, just like Darren Waller, just like Jalen Hyde. You gotta get him the ball more. So I wanna see more of that moving forward. Last thing, and I just touched on this briefly already, you know, Shepard had the one fumble that he lost. Barkley had the one that he lost. Eric Gray had the one that was recovered by Nick McLeod, thankfully, but like you can't lose the turnover battle. You know, we had the same turnovers that Washington had. The only difference is that we were able to capitalize on them. So ball security has to be something that they continue to improve upon. You cannot turn the ball over and expect to win games. So that um, is extremely important. So overall for the offense, um, you know, Bredesen, McKeithen, Glowinski, Pugh, and Phillips, they played 100% of the offensive snaps. That was the line. You know, they did an okay job overall, um, better than what we've seen thus far. So that's what I'd like to see out of this team, um, that they, you know, are finally meshing and figuring it out and doing what they need to do to win. And, you know, the offensive line has to just continue to do their job. And like I said, you know, 
up until last, up until this week, there have been a different variation of offensive lines going into every single game. So there has never been the same starting offensive line from week one until week seven. And now with Evan Neal out, we had a new offensive line this week. So it makes it very difficult for the lines to gel. And listen, we are not the Seahawks. I don't know what the problem is. I don't know if it's coaching, if it's talent, if it's injuries, if it's all of those things. I'm sure it's a little bit of everything, but when you have that many backups coming in, it's hard to gel. Now, Seattle was able to do it. So again, that's where we are the problem. There's something wrong that they can't figure it out. But I think they're, they're going to figure it out. Last thing I want to talk about with the O-line, this is a really great tweet from Jordan Renan. Nobody wants to say it, but the key to the Giants offensive line settling a bit is Mark Glowinski. Here's why. The veteran was benched after an awful week one. Since being forced back into the lineup because of injuries, he has a 97% pass block win rate over the last three games. So we went from being benched to this. Sometimes you need to be humbled, you know? That's ninth out of 67 qualifying guards. Marcus McKethan was rated 67. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. But like Jordan says, you got to give credit to Glowinski for turning it around because that's really impressive. Now, where we're going to talk about really impressive is our defense. Guys, when I went into this season thinking that the defense was going to be a top 10 defense, this is the defense that I was waiting for. This, this is it. Leo Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Jason Pinnock, Micah McFadden, Cordell Flott, Tay Banks, Trey Hawkins III. I mean, you've got a really young defense, aside from like Dexter and Leo. And these guys are unbelievable. Making plays left and right. I mean, this is what, it's so exciting. They're so exciting to watch. And I don't care what anyone says. Like, if you guys are start coming to get, oh, it's the Commanders, stop it, okay? Because of this. Tweet from the Giant Insider. Not allowing opponents more than 300 yards three out of the last four games is impressive no matter who you play, okay? We have gone against some really tough opponents. The Niners, the Cowboys, unfortunately, dare I say it, um, the Dolphins, and the Bills. And I don't even remember what other games they played since then. It's been a long season so far. But anyway, you know, when the Dolphins are the only team, that fourth team out of the last four games that you've allowed over 300 yards, you have to give props where props are due. The defense really deserves it. They have come on, they're really meshing, and they're doing a really, really good job. I didn't even mention Bobby Okurke, who led the defense with 11 total tackles, seven tolo, solo. Banks, seven total, five solo. Jason Pinnock, six total tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss. Dexter Lawrence, six tackles, two sacks, one tackle for loss. Cordell Flott, five tackles. McFadden, five tackles, half a sack. Trey Hawkins and Thibodeau both had four. Tibbs also had one and a half sacks, one tackle for loss. One thing we need to talk about going into this game is that the Giants only had was it five sacks on the season and four of them were Kayvon and they got six sacks yesterday. 
And again, it's all about this team. When we have seen such awful, awful play out of them, all they need is a little bit of confidence to prove that they can do it. And that's what we've seen the last couple weeks. They're building on this momentum that they can make plays and they have the confidence that they're able to do it. And you see every single player play together and step up. Leo Williams, one sack, one tackle for loss. Um, you know, Deontay Banks with the most beautiful interception. I mean, I said it last week. You guys who listen, you know. I felt Deontay Banks has been playing unbelievable every single week he gets better. And he gets a beautiful interception. So, you know, I just, I really am excited to watch this defense play. Every single player stepped up. Ashawn Robinson, McKinney, Isaiah Simmons, Cam Brown, Nick McLeod, Bobby McCain, Matt Breida, Darnay Holmes, Jihad Ward, Dane Belton. Like, these guys are all coming together. And this defense, like I said it before, but it needs to be known. This defense is so young. Okay, so for all of them to really mesh and this is where they're at in their beginning of the career gives me a lot of faith that this is the beginning. So, you know, we got a good stretch moving forward, but I really feel like we're going to see this defense continue to come on. And that's something that's really, really exciting to me. Um, one thing we got to talk about with the defense came on. Again, it's another missed opportunity, right? He had that interception. I mean, I was in section 144, so I had a really good view of him right there. I mean, listen, I know the way the ball is spinning. It's hard to catch. He could have had a pick six right there. It would have sealed the game. And, you know, it's it's just all, it's just a theme this year. It's missed opportunities. So those are the things that I really want to see them turn around. And I know that, you know, the defense will say, well, we had three turnovers in the Miami game and the offense couldn't do it, you know, and we had turnovers last week and blah, blah, blah. I get it. You got to play complimentary football. This is the first time that we saw a, a pretty good outing besides the Cardinals game of complimentary football, right? I mean, you can't score only 14 games and expect to win games all the time but when you're going against a team like the commanders look it came down to the wire but they pulled it off and the defense i mean that the last two minutes even that whole last drive down the field where the commanders ran i'm pretty sure it was at nine minutes off the clock which is insane and you know the defense they're going against it was third and one, and I think they converted. Then they've got four more downs. They get to third and five. They make a stop. They get to fourth and five. And I, I mean, my section was losing it. We were like praying. We're holding hands. Our eyes are closed, like all together, making a shitload of noise. I mean, the fans came to play yesterday, and I don't care what anyone says. Dable did say it in the post game that. The fans made a difference. It was loud as hell. The amount of false starts that they got was really impressive. And, you know, Dable said that the fans made a big difference. And I would like to think that we did. We contributed to those false starts. So, you know, it does make a difference. And the only, the one other thing that I want to say about this, about having Justin Pugh, and, you know, I think Dexter Lawrence has probably done a better job of this the last couple of weeks in the locker room after saying he's not afraid to hurt people's feelings. But, you know, they need leaders in the locker room who are going to tell people to get it done and who are going to tell them to be smart in front of the media. And, you know, we are a team. You put the team first. And Dable said this in his post game too, you know, that 
a lot of the players on this team put the team first. And they, he said that specifically about Tay Banks. And then I believe it was Kim Jones followed up and said, you know, I've heard you say a couple times so far that it's really important that the guys put the team first. And Dable was like, you know, don't read anything into that. I'm not talking. I'm not calling out certain players that do and certain players that don't. But I think that he was referencing to some of the comments and things that have been said by guys like Xavier McKinney, by Evan Neal, you know, Xavier and Kenny pointing fingers a little bit. And you got Neal and Kayvon talking about the fans. And, you know, when you get veteran leadership in there, it stops. And we haven't seen it in the last two weeks. Now, They've also been playing better last two weeks. I think that comes into the play too. But there's no doubt in my mind that the veteran leaders are getting this locker room, their help turning around the attitude, and we're seeing it on the field. So I give them all a lot of props, but I really, really think that guys like Dexter Lawrence and Justin Pugh are the ones making the difference in there on both sides of the ball. And it all comes down to execution, you know? We've seen the guys finally execute. So I give them all a lot of props. You know, I'm, they're really exciting to watch and I want to see them keep it up, especially when you're going against harder teams. You know, we're hitting our stride, guys. Some of you Tankathon fans are not going to like this, but after what happened yesterday, the Giants are only one and a half games back from a wild card spot. That's it. So take your Tankathon narr narr narrative and wave goodbye. Okay? They can turn this season around. They can. And they're going to. Okay? We got the Jets next week. We can do it. Okay? I'm going to be there. You better be there. And we are going to be loud and tell those Jets fans, we've had enough. Enough is enough. You guys are insane. We are the New York team. Okay? We're going to do it. Let's round it out here with special teams. You know, we already talked about Sterling Shepard. So Eric Gray ended up going out with a calf injury, which is why we saw a mix of guys back there. We saw Sterling Shepard. Then when Shepard fumbled, then we saw Sleeton back there. You know, the punt returner thing is a problem. And, you know, of course, you see Jamison Crowder, who was on the Giants team, and he was on the practice squad. And then he's back, you know, now with Washington, and he looks great out there. The reality is I understand why the Giants didn't keep him. You know, you got to keep the guys on the offense, in theory, they're more important. They think they can make Eric Gray work. It's not working. So very curious to see if they bring in any punt returners, if they bring a guy back like Khalil Pimpleton, who's done punt returns before. We'll see what happens. But, you know, when you're getting 10 yards out of four punt returns, I don't, I'm, I'm not big on the camp that, like, I need them to return touchdowns and I need to, to get 50-yard returns. Would it be amazing? Sure. I love it. We all would. But the reality is, I just want them to hold on to the ball or, like, call a fair catch, you know? Most important, don't turn the ball over. That's what I want to see. Graham Gano already talked about the field goal, 0 for 1, 42 yards. Um, he was 2 for 2 on the extra points, thankfully. He usually is. Um, and then Jamie Gillen, you guys, he's been my guy. He was pretty good yesterday. Eight total punts. The commander said 10. 10 punts. Crazy in one game. 18 total. Anyway, eight punts for 395 yards. Only two in the 20 where, you know, Washington's punter way had four of them inside the 20. But all things considered, I think Jamie Gillen did a pretty good job. He's like I mean, dare I say, the le the least of my concerns on this team um, as of right now. So his longest one was 58 yards. 
again, two inside the 20, no touchbacks, which I think is, is um, really important to highlight because he hasn't really had a lot of those this year. So overall, I feel good about this team. Obviously, there are things that they need to work on, but I, I think as fans, you know, I hope that you're at the point the way that I am is that, you know, I'm optimistic about this team. I've seen really good things come out of the last few weeks, and I feel like if we can get guys back from injuries, we can really see this team win more games and, dare I say, maybe make a run for the playoffs. Now, like I say every week, anything can happen, so you never know. But Dable said, as of today, he's got no update on Jones's injury, no update um, on Thomas or John Michael Schmitz, but he did say, or there have been Jordan Schultz and some other beat reporters have said that they are optimistic that they will get Thomas back for the Jets. So everyone keep your fingers crossed, say a little prayer, make a shrine, do what you need to do. But getting Andrew Thomas back and John Michael Schmitz and Daniel Jones would be huge for this week. I think even if we only get Thomas back, we're already looking at a way bigger advantage than we have as of today. So keep your fingers crossed. I'll be back with a Q&A episode later this week. So for those of you watching on YouTube, if you have any questions, submit them in the comments and I will answer them on YouTube later this week. Thank you guys for listening. Reminder to subscribe, rate, review, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find this episode and all the others. Thank you for listening. And as always, go Giants.